it should be bring your cat to work day because you're working. <laughs> and so I could be like, yeah, cat's working. My cat. Every day should be bring your cat to work day. Except for people with fucking allergies ruining the world. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, are we ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, perfect. Hi. Hello. Hi. I don't, I didn't mean that about allergies. <laughs> At all. That, not even, yeah. Cut that right out. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. But but not the, not the, uh, cut Hello. the, Stephen. Hello. No. Stephen does whatever Karen and Georgia say. Why Hello. doesn't that work for you? Andy, cut that out. It worked before when I asked him to get me an Oreo. It worked for me, I know, too. I was just going to say, you really shouldn't um, complain because you got an Oreo without having to ask. That is very nice. I mean, after one billion years of being with someone, I should get Oreos without yeah, having to ask that's also. That's exactly right. So. That is exactly, that is, you're goddamn right, you should. <laughs> you know, just that's present exactly me with right. this Oreo. Yes. <laughs> and that's it. Um, so as you can tell, probably by now, we are just two idiots who talk to each other, sometimes about vegan things. Like Oreos, mm. sometimes about relationships, sometimes about, I don't know, whatever we feel like blithering on about. Yes. Um, and we like to call it the V-spot. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. Look, I'm hitting the cat's V-spot. Not not that cat. <laughs> <laughs> My four-legged <laughs> furry cat. The best part about that was that it didn't even occur to me that to like that you, I, that double meaning there didn't even occur to me. But the best part of it was the look on your face when you said that just now because you were so proud of your funny joke. <laughs> you got to watch my face anytime I try to make a joke because that's You're always like, what it is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I am a living meme when I'm like. <laughs> then if no one laughs, then I so proud of yourself for yeah. your funny joke. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, as as you folks out in the the lands can tell, that's Cat, and I'm Danny. That's exactly who we are. And the other cat who you might hear here is Dante. Her? Yeah, I feel like we should start introducing your cats like by their purr because they are frequent guest spots on this podcast, and everyone should be able to identify them by purr. Oh my god! Stop. That's so good. That's Dante. That's Dante. <sighs> That's the sweetest. There we go. And now we should end the podcast because yeah. it's only downhill. The end. Um, that's yeah. That's it. He's still purring. He's just further away. But that's Dante. As in the Inferno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah. All right. Let's uh. While I continue hitting my cat's V spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um. Let's let's. You want to talk chat. about some stuff? Yeah. Um, so before we, uh, I'm like so excited for this episode, but do you, I know, I don't know if you have anything, but I have like a, a news update. A news update? Yeah. Do you want my news update? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you saw this, um, but there is, um, legislation being introduced to New York state to ban chick hatching projects. I saw that. Yeah. They, um, they sent it out in an email to us at CAS. Um, and so essentially, um, they're trying to ban schools from doing chick hatching projects in the state of New York. Um, it, it, so those of you listening in the state of New York, contact your New York State District Assembly member to um, voice support for Assembly Bill A06905. Um, and so some of the th- reasons that they are citing as to why, obviously, I mean, we obviously know 
know why it's a cruel practice, but they actually talk a lot about um, the bond that um, chicks experience from their moms, both while they're developing inside the egg and afterwards. Um, But they also talk a lot about how... um, incubators just i mean obviously an incubator is not a mama hen so eggs that are are hatched out of incubators they're not they're not rotated properly they're not kept warm in the same way the nutrients are different there's a lot of um things that are that obviously just can't be mimicked and so in a lot of cases um chicks are born with a lot of um like health defects and so so what you're saying is by trying to educate people on how a chick is raised and grows they're they're not at all because it's not the same thing because you literally can't recreate the same thing. Right, right. So no, their that's... whole their whole justification is like yeah. not even true. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. Hmm. Um, it says uh, chicks' organs often stick to the sides of the shell as a result of not being properly turned in the mechanical incubators. Um, by contrast, a mother hen turns each of her eggs individually as often as 30 times a day, using her body, her feet, and her beak to move each egg precisely to maintain proper temperature, moisture, ventilation, humidity, and positioning of each embryo she is sitting on. Um, the embryos signal their needs, and she responds with a necessary adjustment of her eggs. Um, mechanical incubators do not match the care and precision of the mother hen. So not only are you hatching baby chicks to eventually discard and probably be sent to slaughter or just discarded in the garbage can, as uh, unfortunately happens a lot, and then you have random chickens wandering around neighborhoods. You're trying to rear, you're basically rearing like, like special needs chicks. Yeah, yeah. More you're often than you're not. potentially bringing in a very special needs bird into this world, um, which, you know, it the end for all of these birds is not so pleasant, but. Um, so now when you said wandering around your neighborhood, were you referring to that I time? That <laughs> I might have been. We were the two idiots yes. on the news. Yes, I might have been referring to that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was about a year ago. Yeah. Paul he, McCartney. He's very. <laughs> Sir Paul McCartney. Sir Paul. He's very happy with Margaret, right? Yes. Yeah. Who has mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Um, but we, for those of you who don't know, I believe it was on what, News Channel 10? I think so yeah. or 13 i honestly don't remember we were uh we found out that there was they did a, a story on a rooster walking around a neighborhood and i was like hey cat let's go save this rooster because mm-hmm. we have nothing better to do at four in the morning than try to find a rooster mm-hmm. on the streets mm-hmm. who doesn't want to crow or be found and then he did and he was kind of scared yeah um but eventually he did um he did yeah caught and he was he yeah. has a new home with a person who is on the Vegans with Chickens Facebook group. Yeah. Um, she's very nice. Yeah, she's and of course happy. we don't know for sure that that's how he ended up in that neighborhood. Um, but There's a school you know, right down the street, yeah, so we're like, mm. Through speculation, we're just kind of making some assumptions. Um, but, uh, and you know, unfortunately, if chicks are born through a hatching project or in general, and they're born male, if they're born a rooster, the fate for that bird is not pleasant Um, the fate for that bird doesn't exist because they would be killed immediately so that's just another reason to support this assembly bill um so again the um if you contact your um assembly member and just let them know that you want to support this um the bill sponsor is assembly member linda rosenthal um and the link to some more information about this from united poultry concerns will be on the show notes for this and there's an address and a phone number and an email address and all kinds of places that you can contact to show your support for bill number a06905 yeah go do it go do it because um what i was one thing i always used to say on my tours is um and 
which leads into something that I was just reading, um, is the human exploitation because it's just a human being who's checking the baby chick's gender. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how much that that sucks for them to have to, you know, determine whether or not someone lives or dies based on like a quick glance of something that is very, very difficult. And they're not like necessarily trained professionals. Right. Um, and that's that's actually what I was just reading on Live Kindly was um, so I got really nervous because I saw the word Trump in it <laughs> and I was like, what's on? What's on Live Kindly with Trump? Um, Trump's biggest ICE raid yet exposes worker exploitation in the meat industry. Oh. Um, Nearly 100 employees at a meat processing plant in Tennessee were arrested by ICE last week. The nation's Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency faced deportation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The owners face criminal charges of the facility. Oh, uh, face criminal charges for illegally hiring and paying the undocumented worker is a trend that could have major implications for the future of the livestock industry. Um, which which we know, like right. generally, that's commonly known that a lot of the illegal immigrants um often get field work, factory farm, and slaughterhouse work. Slaughterhouse work, right? And so that is just another reason that it kind of sucks because they're they're undocumented, you know, for whatever reason. Let's say they need safety, they need a bit, whatever they're here for. I'm not even assuming that I would believe that these factory farmers were taking advantage of that right because they know these people want to be in the country and they're like oh well you come slice cows throats yeah every two seconds or you know you determine what a little chick is a, a male or female and then yeah. toss the males in a garbage Ugh. um so yeah the department of labor officially puts a number of undocumented farm workers at 46 percent Oh, my gosh. But industry experts and labor advocates estimate that the number is much, much higher, possibly closer to 70 percent. Jesus. Because they fear deportation, they'll endure the low wages, long hours, lack of overtime, no health care and all that. That's horrible. Yeah. So just another reason that it uh, that it sucks. Oh, it says too the uh, physical injuries are among the highest in farm work, Mm -hmm. particularly factory farms. Shifts often running for 12 hours a day, six days a week with fewer no breaks. Oh. So just just another reason that it uh yeah that's bad it's and it real bad. sucks like that's taking advantage of people who are are here for whatever reason and are terrified of yeah, having yeah. to go back and some people are like well you come do this you come do this dirty work we don't want to that's horrible so yeah that was my little news do you want to answer some things shout out people answer some things talk about a couple of things before we get down into the nitty-gritty yeah i'm like really excited for this podcast i'm like really distracted um but so yeah i can do a couple shout outs if you want to acknowledge some emails um emails um facebook i want to acknowledge my insta yeah yeah um so uh okay i have a couple things well i i definitely want to shout out kelly from facebook who sent us a post and asked for our advice on something and kelly we're going to respond to you we probably will have by the time you hear this so have no fear 
Do you wanna do you wanna respond to it on here? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that's okay, let's, but like she did post it to Facebook, so yeah, um, okay, yeah, yeah let's, let's do it. Let's do that. So let's what did what did Kelly ask? Let me pull it up. Um, I I remember the gist of it. She has some people coming into town, um, and she's co-hosting these people. Um, the person that she's co-hosting with is not vegan, um, but she of course is, and the the guest that's coming into town um, wants to go fishing. I believe that she said, and she's just not. Um, completely comfortable with that and she uh so okay so let me just read it verbatim um she says um that she has a special guest coming into town and she's one of two people that will be responsible for hosting the guest um they want to go fishing as an activity the other host has no problem with fishing since it's the guest's specific request um she's inclined to not go on the fishing trip and ask someone else to go in her place the only part that she's torn about is um she doesn't want to lose the opportunity to spend time with that guest so she's not really quite sure what she should do that's tough that's very tough yikes oh man um i guess my question would be does okay and did she say this correct me if i'm did does the guest coming into town know that she is vegan I don't know. She doesn't specify. Because um, that would be like my first yeah. like line of defense in, in theory is being like, hey, like, you know, can we do something else? I'm yeah. not really comfortable with it. But you have to know that person well enough or at least at that level where yeah. you can talk to them. Because I wouldn't do that with some of my family either. Yeah. No, it's. Um, or whoever this you person know, it's, is. I, I feel like that's a tough situation depending on a lot of things. But I guess um, what I'm thinking about is like depending on who that guest is in your life because um, something that I've run into with um, dating somebody who's not a vegan and obviously his family is not a vegan. There are certain activities like uh, family trips to the zoo or, you know, like certain things that they may want to do that I'm inclined to say no. And I feel like in those situations, what I would do is say, yeah, no, like you guys go have fun. I'm going to hang back. Um, this is why I'm going to hang back. But I would love to meet you guys for lunch afterwards or I'll meet up with you when you're done or, you know, what have you try to find like a happy medium. Yeah. But I guess it's also in my I, I don't know. I guess it's also up to her like you know the lesser of two evils like if because the other thing for me that I've run into because I can only really speak from personal experience is I think that if I were like you know what I'm just gonna grin and bear it and I'm gonna go on this fishing trip because this person is my friend and I don't want to upset them and I don't want to be the annoying vegan or you know whatever I don't want to have to go through that so I'm just gonna go what would inevitably happen for me is I would be a jerk the entire time I was on that fishing trip. I would go, but I would not try to hide my discomfort. I would probably be a little rude from time to time and I would get upset which you, would then make me act never out. rude <laughs> you know what I mean though like because I would yeah. be upset I would immediately go on the defense which is kind oh, of yeah. odd because like why am I the person who doesn't want to cause harm the one on the defense but I know that's what would happen so in a lot of situations I think I would opt to hang back solely because I know how I might behave and I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable so yeah but that's me you know that I think would... you have to kind of weigh how yeah. you how you feel about it and how and what conversations like do you want to have the conversation hey i think i'm going to stay back and not give a reason or are you comfortable being like yeah. hey i'm going to stay back cuz i you know i don't really want to go fishing i don't really love it right. um or can you be like can we do something else or do you yeah. just take yourself out of it yeah. You know, do you suggest lunch after? Yeah, I think I would, you know, I mean, she's got the benefit of this, of the other host being like, hey, I'll go. So yeah. you could either say, you know what, I, you know, I'm not super comfortable go. with that, 
So why I'm going to suggest this other thing. If you guys don't want to do that, totally fine. You guys go and yeah. I'll meet you after. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, I don't I don't know this guest. I don't know her. So I don't you know, I don't know the dynamic there. But I think that you have to, you know, I my would, opinion is to protect yourself first. I, and then I would worry agree. about other people second. Well, but that's just. Well, I agree with that. And also um, I would say I agree with protecting the relationship yes. because and and I would do the same thing that you would do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a respect thing versus you giving up something that means a lot to you right. and going to grin and bear it. Right. And then who knows what you're I don't know what you're going to say. Maybe you say something that right. might be worse than you being right. like respectfully like, hey, like, yeah, guys, I'm well, just not really into it. Yeah. I, I what it makes me think of is when Mike and I went to Austin and we went to that. There was like the big dinner at that barbecue place. And uh, right. all afternoon, Mike was like, you don't have to come like you can hang back. I'll go and I'll come back and get you. But I because it was a thing for his work, I was worried about how it would look for him if I didn't come and how it would look that, you know, I was invited on this trip and I didn't come and I didn't want to be disrespectful of that. So I went. Um, But I was... it was probably worse that I went because rather than not being there and having, you know, everybody at least somewhat understand why I wasn't there because I'm vegan and whatnot, I instead went and I I hope didn't embarrass him but might have because I was like a little standoffish and you know I like didn't make eye contact with anyone and just like sat there looking at the floor like visibly annoyed you know what I mean which in hindsight I that was probably a worse behavior than worrying about how it would have looked if I didn't go but you know what I mean you were trying to protect you were trying to do the best thing and then still protect yourself while you were there which could have come off looking like what the fuck is her problem right and I was so concerned (laughs) and maybe it's the same for her I was so concerned with the reaction what the reaction would be if I didn't go that I was like I'm not even gonna deal I'm just gonna go but then I was really surprised when I was there and I was visibly uncomfortable and Mike was like "All right, we gotta go like I have to get you out of here so had I just like listened and been like okay I'm gonna take what you're saying at face you know for truth and actually hear you when you say I shouldn't go I was like no 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 he's gonna get upset so you know if she's worried about this person being upset that she doesn't go I think just have a conversation just ask just be like you know I'm kind of uncomfortable with this is it cool if I hang back can we maybe do something else if not like you guys go and we'll meet up after after. you know what I mean ice cream yeah whatever yeah and also you know not to be that vegan but like maybe use it as a little bit of an educational opportunity. I was thinking that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can lightly explain why it is you don't want to go or, you know, maybe come up with an alternative that um, you can still go and be outside and enjoy nature and enjoy the river or the lake or wherever you're going to be going in a different way. Right. You know? Maybe suggest something similar that doesn't involve the act- actual act of fishing. Yeah. I think it all depends on, on your comfort level. But I yeah. would definitely protect yourself, protect the relationship. And sometimes that might mean saying like, no. Yeah. You know, and hope, yeah. hope that whoever it is, if they're, you know, you say special guests, then they're special to you. They mean something. Yeah. Then hopefully, you know, you mean something enough to them that yeah. they're, they'll find yeah. a happy medium. Yeah. I hope that's a helpful answer. I hope that we gave you some good guidance <laughs> and let you down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we just loved hearing from <laughs> not the void. We're not shouting into the void, which I love yes, that she said that because it's yes, so true. I know. Um, and then on Instagram, uh, never not vegan commented on the picture that I posted from Montreal, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so exciting when I was like, did someone comment? I'm loving the podcast. And like, 
<laughs> I, I love know. that they said just walked into my office and closed the door because I don't want to stop listening. I'm like, <laughs> I because uh, I read don't the get comment. Fired. I know, right? I can't pay you. <laughs> I read the comment without really looking at the handle, and I, when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, who wrote this? And so then I checked the Instagram account to like make sure it wasn't someone we knew. <laughs> yeah, no. And then I was so psyched when I saw that it was a new friend. So yeah. that's very cool. Yeah, it's uh, it was really exciting. And then when I commented back, and they commented again. It's oh, that's like awesome. true interaction. Because, um, you know, I told them because truly one of my favorite things when they said I want to keep listening. So I shut my office door. Um, one of my favorite things about podcasts is because I don't love socializing. Yeah. I get my socializing through listening to people on podcasts. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, yeah. So it's like if I'm cooking in the kitchen or something, it's like I have my friends hanging out yeah, with me. Yeah, no, I, I 100% <laughs> relate to that. Yeah. And like that's what um, that's what they said is I yeah. feel like I'm in the kitchen just doing shit but still ear hustling in on the conversation. I was oh, like, I love that. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. Like. That's great. Maybe we should stop doing this because what if it gets bad? Now? Oh, gosh. Oh, geez. Um, so I have I just want to say um, I want to give a shout out to I'm not even sure if she'll be listening to this podcast, but I had a woman on my tour yesterday. Her name was Barbara and she's a children's book writer. Oh, um, she's going to send me one of her books called Innocent Beings. Um, but she was telling me about how she she was telling me about how she saw a book somewhere um, about a pig that wanted to become bacon. It was a children's book. And I was not surprised by that because that sounds like something you would see as a, a crazy yeah. children's book. Yeah. Um, but she wrote a book kind of the opposite about how a pig doesn't want to be bacon. And she wrote one about a sanctuary. I believe that's the innocent beings one that she's going to send me. And so she cool. just was her and her husband. They were um, celebrating their anniversary and they were on my tour yesterday, my first tour of the season. So it was just a delight to have them. And I gave her our card and said, hey, reach out to us. Like, we'd love to talk about the books on the podcast. So, yeah, um, I just wanted to give her a shout out just in case she is listening. Um, and then I just have a couple more things. I wanted to also give Heather a shout out because she told me yesterday that she um, loves our podcast and that the episode about the Impossible Burger changed her mind. So she was like, I just want to really? thank you. Yeah. yeah, she said that it actually changed her opinion on the Impossible Burger. So I just Damn. wanted to thank her for listening and giving us that feedback. Snaps, um, yes. Snaps to us and, and to her yeah. because that's... yeah. Damn. I know, right? Yes. Um, I swear, I swear I'm going to stop like shouting people out soon. I just have so many. Um, no, it's okay. Again, do you remember when I told you about how I was in Austin and we all went to that vegan restaurant and I was telling Mike's coworkers and friends about our podcast and yes. they all said they would listen? Um, well, Mike told me today that one of them, Oliver, does listen and he thanked Oliver. me for the podcast shout out last time. So I'm going to shout him out again because I think it's really cool that a non-vegan listening to this podcast I'm, sh I'm sure slash I hope that there are many more but um, I just think it's cool that he's listening so thanks Oliver um, and then last but not least of course Sean for his funny email that when I saw it I was like who the fuck is Murph <laughs> when, you, when you said that that was this weekend right yeah it was just so, the other day so I was randomly checking when I was in the great white north I would randomly like check for just for podcast stuff because other than that I was I was away on vacay and when you were like who is Murph? And I quick checked the email and I was like, who is that? Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I mean, great. We have like a. Yeah. I was like, who is this? And then I have to. Talking about to... us getting dirty. And yeah. I was like, oh, I good. We like, have a pervert. Yeah. I was like, oh, ha ha. Love this email. But like, who are you? And then I checked, like I opened up the full email title and saw the email address name was was Sean. And I was like, oh, uh -oh. OK, cool. But thank you for emailing us because my 
you know, our inbox doesn't get a lot of love. So thanks, no. Sean. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have until the end when we talk about food. So. Um, yeah. Do we? Oh, I have a thing. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is just going to be all things. Oh, so many things and it feelings. It can't be, though, because I have so many feelings. So many things and feelings. Okay. I just have, I have one, I have one thing um, that Allie wrote on the oh, Facebook yeah, yeah. page about the deer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and about, uh, what is it, a vaccination or whatever to help mm-hmm. with um, population? Yeah. Control? Control, yeah. Um, and how, you know, and I think that was the gist of she's like, should we be meddling? Mm-hmm. Um, I got into another conversation over this weekend, um, witnessing some cute baby deers up in the Great Mountains. Mm-hmm. And they were they were everywhere and they were so little and so sweet. Um, and I got into a conversation about population control with deer because, I mean, I was not educated in that there was a population issue with deer. Oh, yeah. That doesn't really surprise me. Oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah. Huge issue. Um, but that that's why some people support hunting. Yeah. And I'm like. That's why I, a lot of people support hunting. I was, I, you know, did my best and I thought I had a pretty good conversation on listening to the other side. Yeah. Um, but in my head, I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Yeah. But like, and, you know, the question was asked, well, would you rather them, you know, <laughs> die slowly? And I'm like, no, no, I don't right. want them to die at all. Right. But if that's kind of the way that nature's going. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think, if, I think if we're, I'm left between the choice of meddling through hunting or meddling through some sort of form of birth control or whatever we're doing. Birth control would be the I'd way choose, to go. I'd choose birth control. Yeah, um, for sure. But I also, because I actually recently um, had a conversation about this with somebody. And um, the thing about the population control is, yeah, like there is, you know, something to say in terms of hunting for population control. But it's also my understanding that in for the majority people who hunt deer are hunting male deer male full-grown yes. deer and and male deer can mate with like a gajillion females and so if you're hunting the males the rest of them are just going to make up for lost time so in a lot of cases they're going to mate more because, because there's less yeah right so i mean there's some arguments on both sides but uh, regardless without getting into like a whole crazy conversation about it i choose i choose whatever we're going to do to humanely Vaccinated? What? What was it? It was something like that, like yeah. birth control for birth deer. Birth control for deer, or whatever which it is. I think is yeah. I'm definitely for that. Yeah, a hundred percent. If I had to choose either, I. It's unfortunate that we would have to choose. Right. I definitely though was like I don't support right. hunting. For, no, I don't support hunting for any for reason any, at any time. For any I don't reason. Care what it is. I was like because not to generalize all hunters because there very well might be some people that are doing it for population control, and I'm not saying that there's not. However, you see these hunters, why, if you're doing it for population control, are you then hanging the antlers on your wall? Why are you, like, are you going to population control and use the whole deer? Are you going to eat their meat? Are you you just leaving them out? Like, right. Yeah, there's a lot of it's questions. A whole thing. Maybe we should do a hunting episode. We should do a hunting episode, <laughs> I think. Um, but I just wanted to yeah. give a shout out for, to yeah. Allie for that. Um, I would... Because there was an issue, I would say sure. If we can, if we can yeah. do something for you know yeah. birth control, we should definitely do an episode about that. Because I saw something um, that Cornell is is in doing some testing right now with different birth control, something or other with deer. There's like a lot of stuff like that going on. So we should definitely. And they're we'll, just so cute. We'll table that for With another time. Big ears and I know, right? big eyes. They oh, were walking no. right slowly across the road Angels. as they like, And I always yell at them to stay back. I get really angry. 
because I'm scared for them because they're not the brightest bulbs. So, love them. Um, I think that's it for things. Yes. Like, just things and such. Things and stuff and such. Yeah. So, shall we? Let's do it. I'm so ready. I'm not. <laughs> I, I am. I am. I am. Um, What day are we going to see it again? May uh, 11th? It's the 11th, I believe. I was are you trying... going to see it again? I, I would like to, yeah. Um. Um, so what, what it is, folks, is the last pig. Kat and I were lucky enough to get to um, go to a screening. And it, it's crazy to me that I know, because um, we also had a panel discussion mm-hmm. after, that Allison said, um, who was it told her it's not time for it to be streamed? Uh, I don't remember. Someone like in her, I don't want to say publisher, but like something in yeah. like that, where it was like someone who's like, no, 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 not not right now. Um, that person is a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, just because I want everyone to see it. Like we were so lucky to be able to go. Um, it's, it was a lot. It was lovely. Um, you know, I, one of the first things that I wrote down, um, cause I, I took a lot of notes during this. Um, and one of the first things that I wrote down, um, was that just a few minutes into this documentary, I just felt really, um, really inspired and really um, humble after seeing even just a few minutes. And one of the things that I I was really feeling was, um, you know, specifically in thinking about podcasting and talking about the movie um, was that I think one of the best things or one of the things that I love most about doing this podcast is that we do laugh and we do kind of make light of some like really horrible things you know what I mean I I feel like it's a place where people can go and bag babies that's right that's exactly right and and we make light of things and I you know I think there's a place for that and there's some importance to that because if you if you're not doing that then it's just it can be just so horrible yeah um but this movie you know it 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 made me feel like it, it just made me feel like really glad that we're doing this and giving people like a place to go and listen to people saying things that you know, maybe they are thinking but don't want to say or, you know what I mean? In reality, like, I feel like we're very real about it. Yeah, yeah. It just, you know. Funny, lighthearted, but sometimes not. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of darkness, um, you know, especially if you're an ethical vegan or a vegan for the animals. There's so much darkness. And um, I just got to thinking about how, you know, we do a lot of laughing and making light on it. And sometimes I feel kind of bad about that. But then I'm like, no, you know what? Like, I think we we need that because there's so much to be upset about. A little bit of levity to yeah, the situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I t- also um, I also just felt like it's so easy to forget why it's so important. You yeah. know what I mean? It's really easy because you yeah. make the choice to go vegan and then you're living your vegan life. But I think in everyday life, it's really easy to forget what's going on out there and the things that made you want to go vegan because you're like, well, I made the choice. So now I don't I'm need done. to know anymore and I'm done and yeah. I'm not a part of that problem anymore. But this just made me feel like it is so important to remember that. And I think it's also easy sometimes to forget why you went vegan and like not not necessarily slip. But if you were to slip, like feel like maybe it's it's I don't know. I just feel like it's really easy to forget the importance of it or the severity of what's going on sometimes. It's kind of like the the almonds and such from the other episode, like even if you are you know a vegan or you know you should never stop learning something right. like that i learned when i did my yoga teacher training is that you sh- you're a teacher now and that's good but like you should always be a student yeah. too oh for sure and never forget that and i feel like that 
I took some notes, but like for the first half of this documentary, yeah. my 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 head my hand was at my heart. Like yeah. I was like doing this, yeah, like the entire time because yeah. I was just so moved. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it was just like this is very inspirational. I was like, this is why I do this. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it again. I I just think it's easy sometimes to forget why we do this, you know. And this was just a really solid, wonderful overwhelming reminder um that we didn't bring tissues to i know can you even so how stupid. stupid was that that was a bad that was idea so stupid when you looked at me like did you bring tissues i was like <laughs> and and you know what else Fuck. was stupid that it didn't occur to me to go to the bathroom and get some toilet paper like, oh <laughs> i just oh. i don't know where my head was i just was in a completely different place yeah i think you were preparing or trying yeah. to prepare yourself for yeah. the emotional roller coaster perhaps i was but perhaps i don't i don't know i used my sleeve yeah. A lot. So, uh, where do you want to um, start? I don't even know. I just have so many feelings. Um, uh, he, the, there's a part in the beginning of the. So okay. <laughs> so one of the things I know I've already said this to you, but one of the things that I really enjoyed about this documentary was that there was almost no dialogue. There were very, yes. very few parts of Bob speaking, and it was only ever Bob speaking. Yep. Um, and I. Uh, should we say what the documentary is about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, Bob who? I know. That's what, that's what made me think of it. I was like, wait, should we just talk about who Bob is? We did. We did. Well, at least we said the name of the documentary. Right. I know but. we mentioned it at, at, like episodes and epi- episodes ago. Um, but just for, I know, I guess for clarity's sake, um, The Last Pig is a documentary um, directed by Allison Argo about the um, process that a farmer named Bob Comis went through. In... And it's, it's about it's it's about him. Yeah, it's about it's him. About his... It is a documentary. What I was going to say was that it's God. a documentary in the truest yes. sense of a documentary because it is a literal documentation of this man's life. Um, when he decides after, what was it, 10 years of being a pig farmer? Yeah. After 10 years of being a pig farmer, he decides that he can't do it anymore. Um, and, and this is documenting the last of his pigs, the last group, if you will, of his pigs before he decides not to do it anymore. And it kind of leaves you up. It's not, like you said um, that night, It's there's no real twist on it. There's no yeah. like, and you should all go vegan. Yeah. Like, Hopefully that's what people get out of it. Yeah. But it was truly like this is Bob's story. He yeah. want he's ready to tell it. Like, here we go. Yeah. What do you what do you want to do with this now? Yeah, and I, I think what is important to know is how brave that is. I how I, brave, like to go out on a limb like that and to to show what you were doing because you know let's be honest here uh the vegan audience is not always a forgiving one and i can usually see, not i, I know that there was that one comment that that person made asking if he ever gets any you know any um ri- if he gets ridiculed at all for what yeah. he did yeah. and i would imagine that he does i would imagine sure. that unfortunately there probably are some people in the audience vegan or otherwise who watched that and are, are don't see it for the change the and, transformation. and the transformation that it was yeah. they see it for what he did for 10 years and how horrible that was and they condemn him for it and i i and so and so that it's i just think it's so brave to put yourself out there like that and to show especially because he talks about having ptsd and depression and all these really horrible things as a result and to relive yeah. that through a 52 minute documentary every every time, time that you attend a showing and to have to go through the process of, of of making this documentary and just 
I don't know. It, I just I'm... I think that's why like when we so when we walked in, um, we got pulled aside by Donna mm-hmm. and she was like, I have to introduce you. And I like didn't see him standing there. Mm-hmm. And when she like ha- grabbed my hand and like turned and, you know, like, oh, this is Bob. I was like, I feel like the color probably drained out of my face because I I don't know if I have that kind of bravery. Like, tr- like, that's what I thought is like, that is so like I have such admiration for for this yeah for this gentleman yeah. like he's just he's doing something that a lot of people wouldn't have the guts to do and he's kind of owning up to this is where I was yeah. this is what I went through this is where I am now yeah. completely which is, open and on the table yeah. and you know not only is he bringing this to an audience that I think in some way you have to assume is going to be predominantly vegan or vegetarian because in a lot of cases that's who sees movies like that even though I wish it was the other side of the the fence there but you also have to figure you know like he talked about what about your fellow farmers what about the people who have turned to yeah. you for being you know this uh the authority on humane pig farming, the people who have held you on this pedestal because you're quote unquote doing it right and all of that and paving the way and and however you want to look at it. Now you have to turn to them and say, you know what, guys, I think what we're doing is wrong. How do you know this? So there's two really extreme things happening here that are scary and like give me anxiety thinking about them, let alone living that truth and living that truth in a movie that now thousands upon thousands of people have had the honor to see. And when when that uh one of the audience members asked the question if you could say one thing to those Ugh, pigs that was my friend what or would no, you say who was, no who that? that was the girl um oh my god we took her card annie annie oh, was it annie yeah no, no was it? yes it was the girl next to your friend yeah was it was it? one of the two of them it was either your friend or the one yeah because it's right next to us because i remember being like oh <gasps> i never thought of yeah. that i'm pretty sure um, it was somebody definitely on that side of the theater. I'm not sure if it was Jess or Annie or who it was. But um, but someone asked. They they went to Bob and said, like, if you could say one thing to those those pigs that you sent to slaughter, what would you say? And I was like, I wrote that down because didn't he say that um, he said he would give up every minute he spent with every pig to bring just one back? Yep. He said that he would he would look at them and say, like, I enjoyed every minute I spent with you. Yeah. But. Yeah. I would give it all back for just bring one, one pig. Back. And I was, I oh. cried again. <laughs> I thought I was done. And the way he, yeah. he just said it, like, like his heart was like, he, he ripped open his chest. And yeah. I think he like did that the second he decided that he was no longer going to be a pig farmer is he just ripped open his chest and exposed himself. Yeah. Um. But like, I, when he did that and it was just such, he's such a humble guy. That's the other thing is like, he, you could get some people who come away from this and are trying to like make a name for themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, like, yeah. He was just like, I'm a guy. I did a thing and now I'm doing another thing. Yeah. And this is my story. And I hope that it saves lives or it helps yeah. you save lives or whatever it is. And he was just like, I would bring them back. And when he yeah. said it, I was Ugh. like, oh. Yeah. And uh, I know when somebody asked Allison about um, how, what it was like for her to be at the slaughterhouse and she said that in that last scene in the slaughterhouse with the last group of pigs that in every screening she mutters and I'm sorry yep oh I can't I <laughs> I know they um, and I mean they do they do show the a slaughter scene um, but they don't show the slaughter though but they don't yeah it's at the slaughterhouse it's not they don't show the pigs getting killed there's that's what i thought was uh, one of the first things that i thought of after the first 
viewing of the slaughterhouse yep. was um, that how powerful it was that in that short amount of time, maybe, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes into the documentary, yeah, I think it's 20, the 25. way that she filmed it and what she presented to us was enough to to form a relationship between me and these animals I was watching on screen to make me feel utter heartbreak and yeah. not I don't I didn't see that they got slaughtered no. you don't actually see it but you she she's able to bring that connection in such a short amount of time well and what's funny is it made me think because we in the Q&A she was talking about you know how little that mm-hmm. Bob does say like they even cut out Bob's commentary yeah. like he's very minimal words and it's because her belief is it's not what's said it's what's not said yeah that you fill in the blanks and that's the bigger and i think the same thing with that slaughterhouse scene it's not what you see necessarily but it's like what you don't see the unspoken the unseen thing that you know what's happening what's being said and you're like you have a and so i guess what's so artfully done yeah and now that you say that um yesterday when i was at the sanctuary i was talking to kathy and she said to me that one of the things um not criticisms, but one of the things about the film that she wishes were a little different was that she wishes that there was more focus on the pigs, that you got to actually know these pigs and understand what a force of nature pigs are. And in hearing you say that, I was thinking to myself how interesting it is that in not having Bob talk very much, the pigs really are the star of the movie. I think so, yeah. You, You really, I felt like she did a really amazing job, Allison, the director, of making me bond to these animals and and which yes. caused me to really feel something in in knowing that those animals are the animals that are being slaughtered in this film because you see all these you know you see all these videos on social media you know different factory farm and different and um, it's always horrible yeah different but... undercover this undercover that you always see these horrible horrible things and it, it is always horrible but to 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 get a relationship through a 20 minute 20 minutes worth of film in a movie to feel that strongly when you know that those specific animals have now been slaughtered was just like I kept thinking to myself I don't know if I can watch this anymore because I'm so upset and every time I thought that to myself I would corral that feeling because I was like that man sitting on the stage lived this he lived this that's right you and know? so what right do you have to be yeah, like I can't I was do like, this I was right. like you are going to respect this documentary and you are going to watch it because that man had to live it and he is brave enough to let you in on that. Do you know know? what I think is, it's interesting that Kathy said that she wishes there was more focus on the pigs because I think, and what's funny is I heard Kathy laughing a lot, Mm. not laughing, obviously, but like when the pigs were being pigs, being pigs. So like that is, that is pretty strongly there. Um, And I think one of the first things, one of the first shots is Bob's talking about his relationship with the pigs and saying how much they trust him. They'll Mm -hmm. follow me anywhere. And then he's like, little do they know that this is a lie. Yeah. And I'm going to send them to slaughter. So, like, oh, he immediately God. says that they have a relationship. Yeah. And I think the use, we talked about this, too, the use of the dog. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. What was his name? Monk. Monk. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Um, Monk. And every time the pigs would do something, I noticed they were they were showing Monk. Yeah. And they were trying to, like, I think Allison was trying to be like, look, dog, pigs, dog, right, pigs. Right. There's no difference. Like, Bob has a relationship with Monk. 
Bob has a relationship with right. these pigs. Yeah, and like I said to you, I, I, I wanted to ask her, and I wish I had, about the choice to always show the dog on the other side of the fence mm-hmm. and to always show like a clear separation between the dog and the pigs. And I wondered if that was intentional or if it just happened to work out that way or if there was anything behind that. Um, but I also made note of the scene where Monk is on the same side as the pigs and um, Bob is trying to get him to go back under the fence. Yeah. And Monk gets a little shock from the electric fence and Bob says something about how he you know he was on that side with the pigs because he was jealous yeah and I just thought that was like there's so much there to you know what I mean to be like oh he wanted to go with the pigs because he was jealous but little does this dog know there's nothing there to be jealous of there's nothing yeah because I'm taking care of them but yeah that idea that he wants to go and play because he feels jealous but these are animals that your caregiver is going to send to slaughter. Yep. You know, it, it, I just thought that was, there was really something there. I also, they, um, you know, like he called them, you know, here pig pig, like when he was, you know, yeah. kind of corralling them and things like that. But a lot of the commentary when he said, um, you know, I've looked into their eyes and their eyes are never vacant. vacant. There's always someone looking back. Mm-hmm. They, he said someone looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He used his own words to say, like, that's a that's a personality like that's a, you know, a non-human person. Right. Um, Yeah. I'm looking back. So I think it really I don't know. Yeah. That's, I think, why you have a relationship. So when he did send those last pigs to slaughter or the ones that we saw go to the slaughterhouse, it's it felt like you knew them. I know. At least through Bob, you knew the relationship of him with these pigs and you cared because he had cared. Yeah. He always cared. Yeah. It just he and it even says like he had to separate his caring from what he had to do yeah. for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I yeah. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I just really have like so many feelings about this documentary. Um. Uh. But one of the other things that I wrote down, I think it was also um, when Allison was talking about what it was like for her to film the factor or the um, slaughterhouse scenes, and they used the phrase "well-oiled machine" to describe the slaughterhouse, yes. yep. um, which I thought was interesting because that's exactly how it was portrayed. It was very um, uh, uh, by the books, like yeah, methodical. Like, yeah, like um, I, I, I don't know why I'm like so overwhelmed in talking about this that I can't think of the words I'm looking for, but. It was very like factory line, like, you know, one step to the next step to the next step to the next step, even though this was like a, you know, a smaller in quotes, humane, whatever. Um, And the way that what they did show in terms of the pigs after slaughter was also so, you know, factory line. So like this, that and the other. Um, And what I actually wrote down um, and maybe this was just me, but. It, there, because of the way she filmed it, or maybe because of the way that slaughterhouse runs, I'm not sure. Um, it there was almost an element of distancing because, like, yeah. it didn't bother me as much to, when when they showed the pigs. Obviously, after they were dead and chopped up and everything like that, there was still, even though I've I'd seen everything else, there was like this small element of cognitive dissonance if you will isn't it interesting because it didn't bother me as much now that they were dead and that they were quote-unquote meat do you know does that make sense am i describing this right i was just about to like take the words right out of your brain and spew them out of my mouth is they went from it's it was like one two three 
they showed the pigs in the like waiting room mm-hmm. kind of area all together. One pig went through the door um, with the but- butch. Are they butchers? Slaughterhouse the guy? Slaughterhouse guy. I don't know what the They're term just the is. Worker, the worker. Slaughterhouse worker. The guy. Yeah. yeah. Through the door. And that pig went through the door. And it was almost like a, a magical transition. In that in that middle room that we didn't see. Something happened. Something happened. And they came and out they the went, other side. They went from mm-hmm. a pig that we were relating to to meat. Yeah. And it was unrecognizable. I, unrecognizable. Doesn't like, look like a living no. animal anymore. No. Hair no. is removed. Yep. Um the coloring is completely different. Yep. Obviously, you know, chopped up into pieces. Completely horrible, horrible. I was going to say like I but I felt like gr- like disgusted. I was like, wow, that's Yeah, cuz that's gross. I, I can't right. look at that. That's so gross. Like their heads, they show their chopped off heads yeah. and I was like, but I wasn't upset. Because they t- it was them. They it was stopped like they, being them. It was like they disappeared that, in that room. Yeah, isn't that? And so I wonder too if that's a choice. You know, if that was a film filming choice to show it in that very specific way to show that that we are guilty of that. That we are guilty of seeing these as animals and feeling devastated over what you know is about to happen to them. But then they go into this room. You don't see what happens, it's but done. you know what happens. Yep. And then they come out a product, and you yep. do see them that way. Yeah. And it's and. And maybe that's the point is that we all even even us vegans who have made this choice still to some extent suffer from this, that we still are not completely, if you will, cured of the, the whole cognitive dissonance thing. I think it was I, a I mean, very, I'll be very honest. I'll be very transparent. It didn't bother me as much to see it, them that way because they weren't that would I would I think. And I mean, I have this I this is just, I guess, my take on maybe death in general. Mm-hmm. But like when a person dies yeah i know there's a lot of religious belief in bury and things like that when when a person dies they're not them anymore yeah they're, they're just a physical they're not a commodity in the same way the pigs are but like if i go to you know a wake no, or that's funeral very true. it's like they are not there anymore that's not them anymore that's yeah. not them anymore they are gone so it's almost yeah. like when they went into that that midget that midget room that magical room in the middle there they they, they left. Else. They, yeah. they're, you know, they as it's a themselves. Much more pleasant way of left. seeing it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then when they came back out, it was the same thing as seeing, you know, yeah. a, a corpse at a funeral. It's yeah. that's that is a thing there, yeah. but it is not there's them not, anymore. There's not someone there anymore. Yeah. And that's it. Doesn't make it any less horrible that you yeah. took that someone away. Yeah. But I feel the exact same way, and I wonder if that's how it was for Bob. Because Bob raised these animals, I think, and he loved them. But then the second they, like, got off the truck at the slaughterhouse, they, like, maybe his magic room was that truck. Like, when they went on that truck, they stopped being his pigs and the animals that he loved. And then they were, you know, that was a magic room for him. Oh, my God. Like, the amount of heaviness that I feel right now thinking about that. Thinking about taking, putting those pigs in the truck, driving them transporting them to slaughter and then having to be a part of that like I that does something to me that I truly cannot explain and I think it goes back to the episode we did about compassion fatigue and yeah and how some people maybe are just inclined to feel things a little bit more deeply and not to say that that's better or worse than the way anybody else feels anything but it just it does something to me like yep. it, the there's like a rock in the pit of my stomach thinking about that especially in situations that 
you know, that you, you just feel helpless. You can't. Yeah, and I imagine that's how Bob and Allison felt. You want to stop this from happening, and yes. you can't. You can't. And that's kind of what it was like watching it. Is I know that this has this happened years ago. This is these pigs are are long gone, yep. unfortunately. But you're watching it, and you're thinking in your head, "Oh my god, like I I need to do something." You know what I mean? Yep. And knowing what's going to happen, and you're just so powerless to do anything about it is so overwhelming. Um, and a thing that I noticed um, when he talked about um, that he found solace in, in the pigs when he was raising them because he was already going through depression. Mm. Um, they didn't expand, which I don't think they have to as to whether or not he just suffers from right. depression or mental illness. Like right. just that's how he is. Or if it was partially right. because of the pigs, was it enhanced by the pigs? I'm not sure, but I wrote it down, you know, that they said he, he said he found solace in the pigs during his depression and then, you know, I wrote, like, ultimately they saved him. Like, they saved him then from his depression. Mm. And they saved him at, at the end. Oh. Even though he could, <laughs> even though he couldn't save all of them, they saved oh, him. Danny. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's just so much. I know. I know. I know. And I was, I was just thinking, like, he wished he could bring them back. But, like, you know, they... They did what they had to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I thought um, I think it's important to note, too, what he talks about is, you know, over those 10 years. What did he say? Something like he took 2000 two thousand pigs, pigs to slaughter. Yeah. 2000. 2000 pigs is a drop in the hat. Oh, God. You know, yeah. 2000 pigs were probably unfortunately. I'm sorry. They were but saying probably like, slaughtered since we started recording. This I was podcast just going to say they said that in the Q&A. They were like, this is that's, like that's what was done this hour. You right. know what I mean? It's it's a drop right. in the hat, which is fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's worth mentioning that people have this idea of humane slaughter and humanely raised and humane this and humane that. But it, it, animals raised that way are, what, 2% of the industry or something, something like, like that? that. It, might, it might not even be that. It's, it's so, so small. You know, nine and a half times out of 10, the animal products that you're buying were not raised that way. No. So even, you know, if you think that you're doing the right thing, this, this documentary will show you that there's, you know, some question to be had about that. But... More often than not, that's that's not where your animals are coming from, you know. Well, and, you know, you get to see the best of the best. But these 2000 pigs, let's say that have been killed well, since we started talking again, rough estimates here, folks. Um, they were never a somebody. Right. They, you know, these factory farmers never get to never saw them that way. Never saw someone looking back at them. Right. They only saw right. the end result. There there never was a chance to be right. step one, two, three, or a magic right. room. It was yeah. just one. And they, they probably never felt grass. You know what I mean? Those animals yeah. lived their lives laying on concrete in a little little metal cage. You know, it's there are stark differences between the two industries, if you will. Um, and, you know, of course, I, I'm not, you know, if you're going to do one, obviously there is a better yeah. option. I'm certainly not saying that, you know, whatever. But the, this documentary, I think, just sheds a lot of light on even the problems in the better option. Yep. And he, um, it's pretty, you know, I think it was through the Q&A too, but, you know, he gave his hand at Give It a Try for Vegetable Farming. Mm -hmm. um, it was not successful, but mm -hmm. I don't think that was because... A vegetable farm can't be successful. Oh, no. He said that. Like he said at the end, he was like, 
He's vegetable just farming is yeah. totally different than pig farming. Yeah, it just wasn't um, for him. And he's like, it wasn't I for me. Wouldn't be for me either. And he, <laughs> right? He he answered that too as a question. He was like, why am I not doing vegetable farm or anything anymore? He's like, because honestly, I'm selfish. I don't want to. I'm done. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I don't want to be yeah. associated with any kind of farming. Yeah. Um, so like, I think it was really admirable that he gave it a try to do something completely different, but in the same yeah. vein. But look how much he's still thrive. Like, yeah. he's still okay. Yeah. And I think it's really admirable, you know? too, because he talks about how the reason he got into pig farming to begin with was to give people an alternative. He wanted to help people. He and, wanted to give people, you know, the better option yeah. that we were discussing. And he decided that 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 doesn't exist, that there really is no humane way to do this. So he tried to continue helping people, providing people with food through another way. You know, he still has that in the forefront of his mind, which I would imagine after going through what he went through and the kind of mental illness he probably was battling with and admits to battling with and all of that, that to still be like, I'm going to still try my hand at this and I'm going to still try to to grow food for people because I still I still want to help people and do this, that and the other thing. I think that's very admirable as well. And I think it's nice that he's coming out about these things again from a perspective. Like, did you uh, he never said, like, go vegan. No, I know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he came out of perspective from I'm going to do the humane pig farming thing. And yeah. he was well known for for doing it. Um, I'm going to provide a, a nice alternative for people. He then realized that that is not his truth. He wasn't living mm-hmm. his truth, as we've talked about so many times before, and yeah. that he knows there's no humane way to yeah. kill someone who doesn't right. want to die. Right. Um, But he's not turning that around now. Yeah, he's not and preaching. preaching it. Right. He's letting other people live their truths. And I think that's like he's providing his story as his way of being an advocate. He's he's saying, this is what I went through. Yeah. Here's who I am. Here's, you know, who I sent to slaughter. Here's yeah. who I was able to save. And like, here's yeah. everything. You do what you will. And that's such a good way of educating, I think, Mm -hmm. people and what we talk about all the time. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think any of them said, you know, we talked about so many things in Q&A, like environmental, this and that. But no one was like, go vegan. Yeah, I think Allison mentioned being vegan. Yeah. Um, And of course, Kathy, you know, had had mentions that, you know, alternatives and things that you can do and all of that. But I don't think no one was like preachy. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. Which was really great. And what really um, surprised me was when Kathy asked who in the audience wasn't vegan but oh, was now thinking about going vegan. And at that point, I think, uh, you know, quite a few people had left because the Q&A went longer than we anticipated. But even so, considering how many people were in that room, I think more than half raised their hands. And I was like, whoa, there are a lot of people here who are not vegan and are now thinking about maybe going vegan. Um, I saw somewhere that I think the headcount for that night was like 100 people or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, I want, okay, I'm, I, maybe you can get at it too. We um, ha- hung around for a little bit after and uh, talked to, got to, I gave Bob a hug. It was so funny. I went to say goodbye to him and he like, I was like, are you a hugger? <laughs> oh. He was like, yeah. And he went to <laughs> hug me and I was like, good, because I really want to hug because I didn't, yeah. you, you know, you said something really nice in the Q&A, but like words couldn't come yeah. out of my mouth. I was way too emotional. So I just wanted to hug him. Yeah. Because I also needed a hug. Yeah, I know, right? I'm going to be a little <laughs> selfish like right now. Everyone I needed need, a hug. You need some comforting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, but there is a picture of us with Allison that we should try to yeah. post. I yeah. can't for some reason get to it. Oh. I like I see can. it, but I can't. I go to hit view full size. Oh. It doesn't exist. So. Oh, I do. Maybe, maybe yeah. we show yeah. you people. 
Um, because yeah. Allison was she was lovely, an astounding person. Yeah. Um, just so like positive and upbeat, and her relationship with Bob, I think, was absolutely stunning. And yes, listening, you know, I kept noticing um how respectful and aware they were of one another uh-huh. you could really tell that there was a a very genuine friendship there she was very aware of him very like caring like she would just little things like you know because i would imagine it's been this has been hard for him you know again and she's been there through it with through him making this documentary and having yeah. to handle it with such care and respect and and so you could really see that in yep. the relationship that they have. Well, you would see, like, you know, when he'd start getting a little upset, she'd rub his back or, like, you know, just, like, put her, she, yeah, put her like, hand on like, his like, arm. Ask, be like, are you I'm okay? Here. Like, are I you saw okay? her ask him if he was okay. Yep. And then, like, any questions that he, like, maybe she thought he didn't yeah. want to answer, she would kind of answer yeah. or, like, take it over from him. Um, And just such a positive yeah. person. And just it was, was like, really nice. I'm doing this thing. Yeah. I want I want ideas for other documentaries, which I love that she asked that. Yeah, yeah. And I also, I mean, her just, her filmmaking ability just was so astounding. And just the film itself was so beautiful, which I, um, I know we, I said to you, I thought it was really interesting that this movie gave me such emotion. And I, I mean, I was, I, I know you were too, like hysterically crying. Oh, like, yeah. Like tears streaming down my face. Yep. Like, like <gasps> that kind of crying, like tapping my foot so hard, like I could not sit still. Like I was a, a wreck. Yep. But that movie was beautiful. Oh, my like, God. Like the, the scenery, like it was a very pleasant to I, see movie aside I, from the moments in the slaughterhouse. I which, could not be, like, believe that it was yeah. in Scary. I know, right? I was like, that's it's it gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, gorgeous. Everything set the setting. Yeah, for just a, it just was lovely. Uh, it was really, really something else. It was well made. It wasn't mm-hmm. preachy. It was like, here's a story. Mm-hmm. Here's a relationship. Yeah, it definitely made me feel more than any other documentary has ever made me feel. And I mean, I haven't stopped thinking about it since Thursday. Like I, I keep thinking new thoughts and keep remembering new things and keep having new feelings and I just, I'm... The pigs. The fact that he, oh my God, the fact that he kept pigs that were disabled. I know. How about that? And he said other farmers would have killed them, but he held on to, not to slaughter them eventually. Yeah. He just kept, that yeah. shows for all of the people who would get preachy on him and say, well, you you know, um, all these naysayers, if you will. He kept those disabled pigs and gave them the yeah. same love and yeah. treatment whereas anyone else who was thinking of them only as commodities yeah. would have nixed that yeah he told a, a story uh, i think some uh, like pretty close to the beginning of the documentary um about when he was growing up and his friend shot a robin with a bb gun and how it yes. like, shook him yep. um it reminded me when i was growing up my uh parents took me well we go to maine every summer um but one of like the first moments that i remember really questioning you know, animal rights and this, that, and the other thing, and wanting to become a vegetarian was we were in Maine, and we were walking on Parsons Beach, which is my favorite beach in Maine. We go every year. We take photos. It's my jam. And we were walking down the beach, and there was this father and son, and they were sitting in chairs on the beach, and they were fishing. And next to the father's chair was a fish that they had caught, and it was flopping around, and it just was laying there, and it was dying. And I 
had a breakdown at like 13 or 14 years old I started crying I like I was like I'm going back to the car like I was so upset and I I do remember my parents specifically my dad giving me a hard time about it and like you know the whole you're too sensitive you're this you're that like who cares it's a fish or whatever and I remember that so clearly and I do remember having that like oh you know maybe I should really rethink some of my choices type type moment at a pretty young age you know and so I thought the fact that he remembers that from a pretty young age probably is, you know, one of the things that led him to having the compassion that he does. Jesus. Yeah. The fuck? They were just letting it die? It just was flopping around. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a a big fish, too. I remember it so clearly. And I, you know, it was funny because in thinking, like, I can't believe he went through this, I I see things like that, and I'm like, I, I feel bad. See, the more the more I learn, the more I think about things, the more discussions I have. I feel bad for the time I spent. Oh, I know. Not I know. knowing. But not only that, I feel fucking betrayed. Yeah. I feel betrayed that I was never educated or never given the opportunity to think of buying chicken at Price Chopper versus buying humane or, or any of those things or yeah, any of the I, options. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, For I don't, me, I don't I'm know, like, but I, I don't think that the whole humane thing was nearly as prevalent when we were younger. I don't think that that was I'd probably humane, not. free range, cage free, all of it's that. It's probably I one feel of those like hippy dippy, real weird things. Yeah, I feel like all of that is relatively recent or at least, you know, since we've been a little bit older, but yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it was a thing. But like, but. or even saying like, maybe it's not okay to eat pigs or, right. or whoever, you know. Um, it just, I just, I, I can't imagine what, if I feel betrayed by, say, yeah. my parents, sorry, mom, or, or whomever. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine it, Bob saying, well, maybe, you know, I betrayed myself because I knew deep down that this wasn't ever right. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, uh, and just him, the honesty and his wife was a lovely person yeah. too. And having a support system like that, I think is is crazy yeah as well yeah I just I think so much of it too for me and I'm sure for you is that I have I've taken a million tours at Catskill and of course we've given a million tours at Catskill and I have both heard and told Bob's story so many times and I mean, so yes, to but... find, you're like, no, that never happened. No, no, it, it happened. It happened. You you told a version. You 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 right. told a Cliff Notes Wikipedia right. version of right. Bob Sorty, and so did right. I. And that's and that's so much of why seeing that film, I think, meant so much because I did not understand what I was talking about or what I was hearing about yep. when I was. You know, when I was on the other end of hearing or giving that story, um, and now that I've I, now that I've seen the movie, and now that I've gotten to chat with Bob and chat with Allison, and and had the opportunity to hear them chat with Kathy, and just the whole dynamic was such a special and valuable experience. I I just I'll never, I, I really will never. I, yeah, I did tours yesterday, and I t- I was very different in my mm-hmm. delivery, and I will never look at those pigs the same way again. You know what I mean? And and not to say that all pigs don't deserve that same respect just because we don't know their backstory and don't know where they came from. They just do deserve that same respect. But there is an element now of, a I feel, a personal oh, yeah. kinship oh, yeah. to those pigs because I've seen this film and yeah. felt things and saw what happened to their brothers and sisters and saw that they, I mean, to be eight out of 
the last what 200 and something or whatever like that's incredible you know like it's it by a chance of luck that that they that i get to see them and knowing okay okay so we knew that mario and audrey used to be called niblet and ami Mm -hmm. i had no idea what ami what what ami meant i know (laughs) ami means friend i know okay bob (laughs) thank you pass the tissue like yeah (laughs) may i use your shirt sir because this is yeah it's it's just we can't learn enough Mm -hmm. and it was just so nice it was so emotional it just was so lovely yeah and i would highly encourage so it's not streaming yet um they do sell DVDs at showings, mm-hmm. so that is good. I think you can maybe also buy the DVD through their website, just thelastpig.org. Oh. Probably. <laughs> um, but if not, contact them for a screening. Yeah, they it's said pretty easy to set up. They want to screen basically anywhere. Um, so the co-op around us is doing it, which is not as big as a theater. Yeah. Um, I think May 11th they're doing it. Yeah. I, I tried finding it on their Facebook, but did not have any success. So I should have looked when I was there today. But, um, but maybe like, we can go. find that and share it on social media. Yeah, for sure. And if not, contact them and just be like, hey, I want to show it. They want to get into more colleges. They want to start showing it, you know, eventually in like, what was it, middle schools? High schools. High schools. Yeah. Um, you know, contact them and be like, hey, I want to show it at my local environmental club and yeah. you know whatever and they i guarantee based on what they were saying they'd be like okay yeah, great let's do out. it yeah let's figure it out yeah so i i think everyone should see it i don't care if you're an omnivore a pescatarian vegetarian vegan yeah, yeah you know like Jane, I said to you, whatever it is um i i am hoping that mike will come and see it with me on the 11th um not because i think it'll make him a vegan because i don't anticipate that it would but i think if you are an omnivore and um you have a vegan in your life whether they are your significant other your friend your daughter your mother whatever the relationship they are to you I think seeing this film might help you to understand them a little bit better and understand why they get so upset when you drive by a farm when you're driving out through the countryside, mm-hmm. why they get so upset when somebody has bacon when you all go to brunch for a holiday. What You know what I mean? I think that it will help you to understand the vegan in your life a little bit better, and it may surprise you in helping to understand yourself a little bit better, too. I think so, because I, I don't... I, I believe in... Bob's story, I, I believe in The Last Pig and, and the film like itself, as well as those last pigs, literally. Yeah. Um, that there's no one, I don't know a single person, no matter what they eat, who doesn't love animals yes. and who will not make that connection that those are people. Yes. I, I think it is that it is that film that will be able to change minds and make that connection. That, I agree. That they're, they don't you know, start and finish in stage three after the magic room. The magic room has to happen after, yeah. you know, yeah. they are they are people. Yeah. They're non-human people. So yeah. I think that'll change minds. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And go see it. Bring your friends. Bring me. We have to see it again. <laughs> Bring me and tissues. And I'm glad it's at the co-op because then we can stress eat. Stressy. I know. <laughs> I, I feel like after we went the other night, I did go home and stress eat. I think I had like a root beer float. I had yeah, we had pasta. <laughs> I had pasta. Yeah, get those carbs. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So 
Ugh. Any other notes about that? I mean, I, I mean, I could honestly go another hour or two, but like, I won't. <laughs> um, do you have any food? Do I? Me too. <laughs> okay. Okay, you go. Um, <laughs> you go so I have two things. Um, number one, I finally got to yesterday. We bought the Beyond Sausage and made. Um, Tell me about it. It's fucking good. It's like real good. We made it on the grill um, and it was really, really good. I was concerned because it's um, it's like a, um, it's like a, like sausage. They're they're big. It's like kielbasa type mm-hmm. product or whatever. And so I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this because I didn't like that when I ate meat. So like, I don't mm-hmm. really know if this is for me. But I was mostly excited to have Mike try it because mm-hmm. like that's his thing. Um, and we, he, he like had inhaled his before I even had the first bite. He like took a bite and was like, this is so good and just ate the whole thing. And I was like, okay. And I'm like still putting ketchup and shit on mine. That's um, a very interesting commentary on Mike's relationship to sausage. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was just gone. Um, he just he just it was gone. He just, he just inhaled the entire thing. Inhaled. Two um, seconds. It was charcoal. The grill was charcoal. In his mouth. Andy wanted to know if the grill was propane or charcoal and it was oh, charcoal. Are you not sending that in the group message? No. No, you're texting me directly. Ooh. <laughs> Scandalous. Because I start I sent him my articles to him directly because I don't always want you to see what I'm gonna talk about. Ooh. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. You guys can have a, a nice little secret relationship. Yeah. It's good. Oh, okay. that's funny because I didn't realize that you weren't always seeing all of these. Um but anyway, no, it's really, really good. And I'm really excited to try it in some different ways. Wait, like, so which one did you have? The sweet Italian? The brat? The brat. The hot? Okay. What did I have? Ugh. I think it just was normal. Is there just normal? Uh, oh, shit. I should have uh, no. paid better attention. There's, I'm guessing if you're just normal, it's going to be the sweet Italian. Because um, you would know if it, it was wasn't the, hot. You would know if it was hot. It and wasn't. And you would, you would know if it was a brat. Like a bratwurst is like a different like texture. It wouldn't have that same sausagey thing. It's definitely not the spicy. We'll get that out of the way. <laughs> oh, shit. Now I don't know. Can you tell by the picture that I posted what it is? Mm, no, I don't. Andy will. I don't know. Andy will not tell you because he doesn't speak. Oh crap! I'm guessing no, I don't sweet. Know. Um. Well, anyway, <laughs> did it did it pop? Yes. <laughs> I want to sure, try it so bad. It but sure did. I don't know if I want something to pop. Um. Yeah. No, it definitely popped. God. Yeah, but it was really, really good. Um, and I, I will that will be a rebuy. Um, and you get four in a pack for like eight dollars. Which not bad. at first it was like eight dollars, but then I saw there's four in there, so I was like, oh, all right, that's a little bit I mean, better. The Beyond Burgers five or six for it's, two. Yeah, so. it's six. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but it was really good, and it gave me hope for like summer cookouts with omnivores and whatnot. So my life was changed last year when I started bringing because I always did black bean burgers, mm-hmm. but those are hard on the grill. So I would do like vegetables or whatever, mm-hmm. but that Beyond, that Beyond Burger. Burger. I know. You what. I know. Now sausages. Yeah. And it had like a hint, like you could tell that it's like related to the Beyond Burger. Like there's a hint probably because that pea protein. Mm. There's like a hint of a similarity there. Um, but anyway, it was very good. Very, very good. And it even when we were like moving it around on the grill, it like dripped oil oh, and like, yeah, air grease so or whatever. It was, it was wild. Um, <laughs> But it was, is this the problem? I wasn't close enough? Oh, no, it was just exploding. Dripping, that's dripping. just dripping. You're dripping upwards? Flames. Flames. It's like Pictionary. <laughs> or charades. That's anyway. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so what's your other thing? Uh, my other thing is is less good, but I'm going to talk about it because <laughs> I am. I listen. So <laughs> that's right. Listen. Um, so I had. I, I've already told you about it. I had a less than stellar experience at the beer garden in oh, Schenectady. Yeah, I yeah, I can't wait to we don't have to do the full version, but I can't I wait to do the full version of that. Won't I won't go back. I'm that and that's the kind of person that I am, unfortunately. Is like if I have an experience that is bad as this one was, like it's kind of a wrap for me. You know well, what I mean? Because you're not you don't have to go there. I don't have to go there. <laughs> the only reason that we went was because it's much closer than Albany and they have bourbon and wolf wings. And so we can get wings any day of the week much closer than going to Albany. <laughs> but can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> So we we got yeah. we went on Saturday Saturday afternoon probably around like three, three no maybe like four o'clock there was nobody there Mike took a picture because we wanted to be able to like say like show that there was nobody there there's nobody there we waited almost an hour for our food he ordered the chicken and waffles but had the chicken swapped out for seitan and I ordered just mild wings literally almost an hour I would say maybe fifty minutes before what? our food came out yeah yep. And when it finally did come out, the kid was, like, a little rude and just very, like, because Mike went over and asked, like, twice, like, what's going on? And they were like, oh, yeah, we're just, like, really backed up because of all the orders. There was literally no one there. Wait, really? Can I see the picture? Um, Let me see if he'll send it to me. I don't have it. Mike yeah. sent it to me. Um, But, like, literally nobody there. Um, And it just. um, That sucks. Yeah. Because, like, that'll drive. Maybe it won't drive, you know, an infinite amount of business. But, like, having Bourbon and Wolf's wings there yeah. will drive business from well, people. They, I mean, they also have a veggie worst and they have the Impossible Burger. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, there. Are, I was so psyched. I was like, oh, my gosh, if we want to go out, there are so many options for me here. Like, this is, this is great. We can start going to the beer garden. This is so great. And peanuts. Not so much. Oh, yeah, we ate a lot of peanuts. I love the peanuts yeah, there. There's I ate a lot of peanuts. A lot of I mean, I, I waited for almost an hour, so I ate a lot of peanuts. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just was not happy about it. And I, I don't like to, you know, complain or say bad things about places. I try to, you know, be reasonable being in customer service myself. But there's no, just sometimes no, no. it's just Actually, not okay. Being in customer service is why we get to be unreasonable. Oh my God! There's, <laughs> it's there's a literal empty pe- restaurant. There's four people there. Yeah, and like, who knows if they ordered food or not? A literal empty restaurant. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. So Yikes. anyway, good for bourbon being yay, out and bourbon about and more. Wolf. Not so much mm-hmm. yay for the beer garden. Mm. I don't think I've eaten anything else exciting in the past week. Me. Mm. I've been really obsessed with root beer floats, though. I've been making um, Briar's Oreo ice cream with root beer, root beer floats. That's intense, man. Fucking delicious. I am a root beer and chocolate ice cream person. You should try it if you haven't. You're welcome. Very nice. Very nice. So good. Yeah. Very Um, nice. Let's see. So I had a lot of food. Yeah. Um, surprisingly. So <laughs> I was worried about going to Mont Tremblant this past weekend. Um, Andy and I went. We don't ski. Um, but we went because it's really cool to go to a ski resort because you yeah. get to watch people. The atmosphere is very unique. Um, and you get to watch people tumble down a mountain sometimes, which is kind of funny, but they're fine. They're not, <laughs> they're not hurt. Um, but also they have like the whole little village is right there. Yeah. So there's shops, there's food. Um, we went to the Scandinavian spa, which was down the way. 
And that was super relaxing. So that's why we went. Um, I was worried about food. Mm -hmm. There is a juice bar, but I didn't really want to do a juice cleanse over the weekend. Um, And I I remember seeing the guacamole at one place and being like, fuck, juice and guacamole for the entire weekend. I was wrong. Um, We got some fries, which was, you know, Canadian staple with vinegar. If you are me and have good taste. No vinegar if you are Andy and have poor taste. Um, <laughs> love love me some vinegar. I actually took some vinegar pockets that I think are still in my coat. Excellent. Um, just in case. Go with my ranch. You never know what you're going to need. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. What other important meals did I have? We went to an Italian place that was there that had one vegan pasta on the menu. So my thought is if there's a vegan pasta, maybe they could do something else. And if not, we could split it and maybe do the what was that? I think bruschetta or something we were yeah. going to split as an appetizer. And so I guess because I'm like Andy's the vegan in training, the vit. Um, <laughs> and I'm like the actual vegan. I was like, ha I'm going to order the vegan thing. Now you have to ask for once. I don't want to be the one to ask. <laughs> um, and he did. And they were like, oh, yeah, we can make that without butter. And he was like, OK, great. And it was a delicious mushroom pasta. Yeah. Um, My pasta was it was a red sauce and it had. Um, zucchini, yellow squash, bell peppers, onions. It was fucking amazing. I had some leftover today. So good. I didn't feel like it was like, oh, we have a vegan. Me- yeah. uh, you know, I mean, how sometimes it's like, haha, this is vegan. And it's just like iceberg lettuce on a plate. Yeah. Mm-mm. So good. Um, we also noticed. So when the waitress walked away or before she walked away, she was like, do you want greens to start? And I, we both were like, no yeah that's weird like we would have ordered a salad if we wanted one yeah. like no thanks and then it took me a few minutes like five minutes to recognize that she asked that because they give bread and the bread must not have been vegan oh. because everyone else was getting bread around us and it wasn't like we were had a rude waitress you know yeah. like a connectedy beer garden that's experience. Right. <laughs> um but she we just didn't get it so she must have asked if we wanted greens instead oh, of the bread nice. and i was like that was so nice um so i card bombed there i'm starting to stick them in yeah. all of the yeah. like credit card things yeah little envelopes um let's see what did we eat was there anything else the salads the guacamole was really good at that one place and the salads were amazing it was very ridiculously vegan and i'll put in instagram but like it, oh that's, that's so so vegan, vegan i yeah. know <laughs> um mine was an arugula salad with quinoa and kalamata olives <gasps> and onion say no more and like a vinaigrette and i was like this is so simple but it's so fucking good and andy's was um like a mix with um like an orange vinaigrette and those sesame crunchy noodle things Ooh, asian inspired yeah. um and like carrot like oh twines. wow it was so very vegan, but so fucking good. Nice. Um, and then let's see. What am I missing? Breakfast. I was like, I need to eat. I can't not eat breakfast. I'm, no, me either. I- I'm a wreck. So we found another cafe and the baguette. I got a baguette and fruit. The most simple thing, but just like. Yeah. Do you ever notice sometimes the most simple thing is just super satisfying? Yeah. I had like different preserves to put on my baguette. I had black coffee and I had a bunch of delicious fruit. Um, and then I ruined that delicious meal by eating some vegan poutine. Like I had There's, the really yeah, healthy like you improved meal. your day is and, what that sounds like. Yep, it had the like 
Mott's cheese, and then it had mac and cheese and bacon crumbles and oh bacon strips God. on there. Give it to me right now. And it didn't taste too nutritionally yeasty. Like it was that really good. Awesome. Yep. And that was um that was actually when we were coming back and we hit up Montreal. Oh word. And I'm very excited about the cheeses that we got to. I showed you the Swiss cheese. Yeah. We got directed by um Natalie in Lush. Oh nice. Lush Montreal. Um, I think because we couldn't find or the one restaurant we were going to go to was closed and she was like oh do you want to are you vegan and Andy was like how did she know um, and so she, I was like we'll probably smell like vegan but no <laughs> um, because I think because she knew I worked for Lush I'd already said it and because I was looking for a vegan restaurant mm-hmm. she probably put two and two together Yeah. Um, and directed us to herbivores is the grocer right down the street. And they have a whole menu. They do a mac and cheese burger. They do different wow. poutines. That's awesome. They have cupcakes, candy. Um, Jeez. All really good prices, too. Wow. I was really excited. And it was great. Then I had maple popcorn. That sounds awesome. A lot of snacks. Maple's a great alternative. Yeah. Somebody at work today was telling me about how at the Troy Farmer's Market, there was somebody making cotton candy out of maple. Ooh, yep. Had that. Is it good? Yes. Yep. Hmm. Um, yeah. Card bombed there. Nice. Oh, hopefully get some more listeners yeah. in Canada. Hey, Canada. Hey. That's where Kelly's from, right? Yeah. Yeah. No? Facebook. Yes. Um, I was like, Kelly Clarkson? I don't think so. <laughs> She's from Texas. <laughs> no. Girl, it's past 930. You can't ask me hard questions. That's true. I don't think I have any other questions, hard or otherwise. No, me either. I don't think. I think I've covered all my stuff and all my things. Me too. Cool. Um, so let's see. Do the usual. Give us. Do you see what happens when you talk to us? We get, you get so excited. Up. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen. <laughs> We're looking at a, a significant number of, of downloads. I won't give a number. I don't want to sound too prideful. <laughs> um, but we're really excited. So, like, a lot of people in a lot of different states, countries, wherever, across the oceans yeah. are listening to us. Um, and if you would like your name to be on this podcast <laughs> being heard across the ocean, give us a shout out. Uh, <laughs> because then. Shameless. Yeah, that's right. If you If you talk to us, we will talk to and about you. That's right. In a good way, unless lengthy, you're lengthy detail. Unless you're the Schenectady beer garden. That's that's we're gonna, well. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about you either way. Um, so uh, make it a good thing. But rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really makes our day every time we'll text each other and be like, "Oh my god, did, did you, you see, see this? It? Did you see it? Someone likes us. Oh my god, it's really cool." Um, so yeah, do that. Head to the vspot.fm. Give us all the likes on Instagram, yes, Facebook, please. Twitter. Andy works really hard at running our Twitter because Kat and I don't. So <laughs> you should give him a shout out. Yeah. He's silent, but literally this wouldn't happen without him. That's complete fact. So give him a shout out and then head to soundbite.fm. Do all of it. Do all of those things. Listen to all of the podcasts. We're your friends. We could be your friends if you'd send us an email and talk to us. It's the first step, isn't it? Or a pie. You have to break or the dip. ice. Yeah. One more snack. One more promise. Actually, a promise of a snack and we will get a P.O. box. Will we? Sure. I mean. If someone's like, I will send you this. Sure. 
yeah, if people wanted to send me stuff, I guess I would do that. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so that's it. Do those things and we'll uh we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> I wish we had like an exit sound. I feel like it should be a little more toned down. Ready? I was born ready. You ready? Yep. That's close. I know.